How does the health and physical education social media guru practice digital self-care? Find out on episode 130 of the Shape America podcast as we're joined by author, professor, and Missouri Shape member Guy Danoff. On this episode, Guy shares his work in crossing health and wellness with digital media and life before Facebook and Twitter, which includes a unique hobby and an amazing nickname. Welcome to episode 130 of the Shape America podcast, starting now. Welcome, listeners. We are back on the Shape America podcast. This is your host, Sean Neville's project director. And before we get the conversation going, I want to make sure that you all take a minute, um, take a mindful minute. You know what that is? Kind of put whatever you're doing down for a second, close your eyes, focus on your breathing, the things and the atmosphere around you, and take that minute and then join us for the conversation. Um, here we go. Before we get started, let me let me introduce our guest the right way. So, you know, scene. The year was 2018. I was sitting in a most shape board of directors meeting. This particular individual was given the opportunity to speak. Um, and he spoke about social media. Now, it, when this person spoke, he absolutely blew my mind. If you think about that GIF or GIF, whatever you call it, um, with the kid whose mind just all of a sudden is blown by the information, that's kind of how I felt. Um, and when this person talked about social media, first of all, before I knew, the only thing I had when it came to social media was Facebook and Twitter, was type and post, maybe a friend request right here, share some information, yada, yada, yada. But this person talked data, numbers, analytics, things I would have never equated to social media. And as time passed and I continued, you know, to have conversations with this person, to be interviewed by this person, I was always filled with something new. And the best knowledge I gained from this person was not just how information passes through social media, but the power, the influence, the impact social media can have. And this person I'm about to introduce here has championed social media into our profession, health and physical education, and personally helped me build my own brand. So that person here today is the guy, Danhoff. Guy, how's it going, sir? It's going really well, and thank you for that amazing uh, introduction, my friend, and I'm looking forward to today's amazing podcast. Hey, well deserved. This is the first time anybody who, uh, who's listening, this is the first time I actually have Guy in the hot seat. Normally, <laughs> from, from the past couple months, basically since uh, this whole, you know, this whole pandemic started, he's been interviewing me. So this is the first time I have Guy in the hot seat. So hopefully I do well here. So Guy, you know, I, you know in that intro, I talked about, you know, your, your influence when it comes to, you know, supporting, supporting health and physical education in our profession through social media. But you and I are, you know, we're close to the same age here, man. We, you know, b before social media, I remember, it was Oregon Trail. You know what I'm saying? It was this old, big, thick screen Mac <laughs> in, during computer time in elementary school. So tell us about you. Tell us about what was Guy Danhoff doing before there was the social media, before there were iPads and all that great stuff. Tell us, tell us about who you are before social media. I know you got some other interests going on in life. Well, well, sure. You know, I, I think my passion first started when I came out of college. As you know, we share the interest. I played college football. I was an All-American in junior college, went to go play at Western Illinois. 
then got a, a, a GA position after I didn't make the NFL pro days with Dallas and Detroit. Um, and the, the great opportunity that happened to me is when I was doing uh, my doc, or excuse me, my, my master's program, is I was learning about research and research techniques and information. I found that I absolutely loved it. And I understood how, like, why all these researchers do all these studies. Now, granted, this time it's more scientific, but it was at that point when I learned the power of information and data, you know, what peer-reviewed means, you know, and why this is so important to the profession. And then I jumped into, you know, being a strength coach at the visual level for four years. And then I moved on into the fitness industry itself. And I got into the world of sales, marketing, and business development. And it was then at the business development stage where I had to really analyze and assess situations and assess solutions. And, and at this time I was consulting and I've actually designed over 2000 fitness centers, you know, across the world. Um, and, and so you're, you're given all this information and you got to know what to do with it. And that's why the research component or doing your homework is, is so key and critical to any strategic planning you're going to do, because that is the starting point. So for me, I had a great 14 year run um, in the world of, of the fitness industry on the business side. Um, certainly got a chance to speak at the national level during you know, trade shows and, and industry publications by writing articles. And then um, right, right around the time my, my youngest daughter was born, Gia, I decided to kind of leave all that travel because I was traveling basically 20 out of 22 business days a month. And then I just decided to you know, move into being a professor, which I'm doing today for the last 12 years. Uh, and really, I, I'm blessed that I teach some exercise science and the rest. I literally, Sean, get to teach sport and social media, sport marketing, sport communication. So for basically over a decade, I've really dedicated my life to that area. And then lastly, my doctoral work, um, as I'm finishing up my study right now, is in the area of social media marketing strategy. And that has a lot to do with what we're gonna probably talk about next in terms of where I got so much insight uh, and so much knowledge and, and to be able to apply it in useful ways. So that's kind of like a brief background on me. You know, it's, it's interesting, you know, how I talk, I've been talking a lot about how education is evolving, how educators evolve, but your story is almost similar to mine is, you know, I, I was an athlete too. I started with sports and everything, um, was a football coach, you were a strength coach, and, you know, you zagged your way into this new realm, you know, into this world of, you basically meshed, you know, your specialty of fitness, wellness with technology, and, you know, and, I've taken that realm of coaching and turned it into this thing of advocacy for all health and physical education, right? So just the evolution of, and your growth is, you know, it speaks to what we're hoping for educators, you know, after, after this pandemic is to evolve, you know, find other ways to, to heighten your, not just your brand as an educator, but your profession as well. When you bring it all up, I do want to go, you, you mentioned, go back to what you were mentioning when you're talking about articles and everything. And I know you co-authored a book, uh, health fitness management. Talk about, talk about your piece in that book. Yeah, it was really interesting. Uh, the book um, is considered to be one of the leading authorities on the, on basically on the business of fitness. And I've used that book, you know, ever since I started teaching in both my senior seminar class, as well as my fitness management class. And when the publisher was looking to update the book to the third edition, 
I happened to be at one of the you know conferences and got a chance to talk to the representatives. And I just mentioned to them that, you know, when I look at the, the marketing chapter, the infamous chapter seven called marketing your program, I just said so much of that's talked about there. It's, it's good information, but it's more through a traditional model. And now you gotta remember my doctoral research is all on this digital marketing, digital media, you know, data analytics. And, and that was a big pivot and shift. And they asked me if I'd write a proposal. I did send it to them. Uh, to my surprise, they only wanted two small little edits to it. And then they gave me the opportunity to become an author just of a chapter. Well, after I submitted a lot of that work, probably 75% of it was just my doctoral research in general, as well as other things that I was doing. The most amazing thing then happened was they loved what I had to write. Then they asked me if I'd co-edit the entire book, obviously because of my background being in the field, designing fitness centers, talking to fitness directors, general managers, CEOs. So it was a real cool experience then to go through that process and putting the book together. But I think what I'm most proud of is I wrote the book for practitioners. I wrote the book that whether you're a student, an undergrad coming out of, out of college, a grad student, or even someone like you or me, Sean, that are working professionals, and now we wanna have you know, like a, a guide and say, hey, here's the basics, you know, here's the blocking and tackling, if you would, of digital media or digital marketing, here it is. And that's what I was able to do with that book. And so far, I gotta tell you, the, the acceptance has been overwhelming on so many of these key things um, that really, if, you, if, if more organizations just paid attention to something like as simple as our top 10 best practices list, they would see two, three, four, and sometimes even 10 times more results than they're getting. And why? Because everything that I talked about was all researched. That was probably the strength of the book was not only just framing it, but having the research, the research to support it. And that's what I was so proud of in that book. And again, being a first time author like this, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I was, I was nervous, but I knew, I knew enough that if you, if you combine, like you said, the research with the tools, with the technology, and then you can make it available to someone in a usable or, or into an application, you're going to win. And I think that's what we were able to do with that chapter. And of course, you know, that's my biggest passion today is helping anyone that, that wants to listen on the, how they can improve easily their influence, their impact, and even their advocacy using social media. As you know, that's why Zaggy 101 was birthed back in July. The X's and O's of social media. I love that. And, you know, tell us, tell us how just that knowledge, that base of knowledge you developed, you know, through your research, through your work, how, how, how has that worked into what you do now when you talk about these new things that you're creating, the zagging 101, some of the stuff we did back when the, you know, the pandemic kicked off, like, uh, you know, our uh, stuck at home recess series and things like that. Well, I, again, I think it comes down to the basics. And I actually want to go back to really 2018 at the Most Shape Convention when Stephanie Morris was, you know, our special guest. You know, we were looking like, what could we do to enhance, you know, Stephanie coming, as you know, CEO of Shape America? Well, we decided to live stream. Now, no one at this time had ever live streamed anything. And for me, it was actually very easy simply because I had been live streaming for three years prior 
at my university as I work with them in athletics, especially on the football side. And so I already knew how to do that. And I was just a matter of how would that be received? Well, we had about 530 people in the room live. And when we streamed, we had over 1,500 people see it within 24 hours. And that's when all of a sudden, boom, the light bulb went off and said, okay, what are we gonna do next? So then, because Stephanie asked me about, uh, have you looked at my social media profile? And of course I said, certainly I did. Outside of asking her to change her Twitter handle at Steph4464, it's a running joke today. I was like, I would hope to see if you're making these big announcements, it would say at Shape America's CEO, which she changed basically the next day. But the one thing that, again, it also gets into the power of the story. And the one thing I was telling Stephanie, I said, Stephanie, you know, people know that you're the new CEO, but what people don't know is why you're the CEO. And when we had the opportunity to do this really short interview, I think the clip was maybe a, a minute 36, within 24 hours during the convention, that clip was seen by over 2,400 people. And that's when all of a sudden everyone started to take notice. And then that's how Stephanie asked me to be part of the strategic planning team at Shape America. And that's when I meet Joey Martelli. Um, and of course the whole you know, executive team up there. And then when what we did for Shape Tampa, to be bluntly honest, is all we were doing is just playing all the percentages. We knew that live streaming video grabs the most attention. It's not my opinion. There's more research out there you can know what to do with. Same thing with video content in general. We know that. So as part of the strategic planning team, we put out, I want to say, like the year before, maybe there's like 11 pieces of, of uh, video content. And we put over like something like 46 in the four days of Shape Tampa. And again, I mean, it was awesome because it was so choreographed and coordinated with Joey Martelli it really had a massive impact. And why? Because people were consuming. We even looked at the analytics. Now, don't laugh. We looked at the analytics of when were people looking at the next day. So we knew the next day on the repurposing that they were watching, a big chunk of them were watching it from 6 a.m. to like 8 a.m. That's why we were going at 5.30 on all the repurposing so we can maximize those views. And again, it was all based on the analytics. It was based on the research. And then when we had great information that we could use for planning. So that's really where it started for me. Then, of course, we did the same thing, you know, last November when Jamie Sparks was coming, you know, as Shape America president to our convention, which we streamed 11 pieces of content with a huge focus on Health Moves Minds. So, again, it was all based in research. It was all based on the data. It was all based on what was also trending. And we knew that we were connecting with people because the views don't lie. You're going to see the views. And if you go to advanced analytics, don't laugh. Yes, we even look at the dropout rates. So we know sometimes when, you know, where things are going to fall off and we even look at that. And those are the kinds of conversations that we have. And then last thing we're going to say, it's been really awesome working with Joey as ever since I got involved, we still meet every two weeks, every other two weeks in a strategy meeting for sometimes between a half hour to 45 minutes. So they were constantly, you know, reviewing, hey, what's working, what's not working? Where do we need to pivot? Where do we need to zag? All those things. We have those discussions twice a month. And so that's why we're social listening to what's going on. But we're using the information that we see to, again, drive our strategy and to drive our decisions. 
Huge shout to Joey in the background, the man who's in the back, you know, and behind the scenes here, the Shape America podcast. Always appreciate what Joey does for me and making this happen and putting these conversations uh, up to the listeners. So that's great, guy. Everything, all that work and supporting Shape and you know, Mo Shape obviously too. But let's let's bring all of that down to the everyday teacher. How can they put? what you're talking about, the data, the analytics, the content, how can they make that work for what they do in their everyday practice with students, be it virtually or, you know, in the classroom in person? I know this to advocate sound, to, you know, just anything. Honestly, it's, it's really this simple. It can be as simple as a retweet. It can be as simple as a retweet with a comment. Don't get me wrong, likes are, likes are good too, but if you can retweet it, and if you can retweet it with a comment and share about how you feel or give some sort of narrative, it just really shows that you're having a presence. And that is something that teachers can do. You know, you look at what happened recently, you know, Desi just announced, right, last month about, you know, our Missouri, you know, teacher of the year of all teachers, right? And Darian DC Cockrell was the recipient of this year. And DC happened to be a physical education teacher at the Lindbergh schools, okay? Well, it's been a really amazing that, again, power of social media, all Darian did recently is put out his story. And Sean, his story has been seen by nearly 200,000 people since he met with the governor um, uh, of Missouri Parsons recently with a great photo op, but is, was what he had to say was his story. And now there are so many physical educators that can just are so proud of him or so happy because they see him advocating for our profession. I mean, just look at what he's wearing for a mask. I love PE. You know, again, yes. that's just advocacy. So what I'm saying is for the, for the teacher that's out there, it's really, it can be as simple as that. I'm not saying that people have to go out and, you know, be so proactive with what they want to talk about. However, I think if they're doing some really cool things in the classroom, or even something's virtually or hybrid, if they want to put out content or just share it, that would be great too. But the real simple thing is if we could just get more people, like we saw on National Speak Out Day, you know, last, um, I can't remember, it was February or March, but whenever Speak Out Day was this past, you know, earlier this year, you know, that Speak Out Day hashtag was nationally trending by Twitter. And all it took was people just to like and retweet that content because of the way the algorithms work. And it was so amazing when Joey, you know, captured the fact that on Twitter themselves that said that we were nationally trending our own hashtag on speak out day speaks volumes again to the power of the tool. And that's why I've made it, you know, kind of like my life's mission that I want to help educate every single educator out there and say, look, you have a voice. You just need to learn maybe a little more strategically and tactically how you can amplify it best using and leveraging all these amazing tools that we have certainly that are disposable for free. For sure. For sure. Use that voice teachers, however you can. All right. So let's, let's go, let's go to, let's go this angle here. Uh, I, I have to troll guy. I had to troll guy. Cause I, I just, I could, <laughs> I, <laughs> it's like, he's, He's a social media person, but who is he? Where'd he come from? You're new, you're new in my eyes and everything. I saw you had a hobby of the guitar, man. Is that right? That that is that is true. 
That's very true. Um, yeah, I, I've been playing ever since I was 15. Uh, played professionally actually for two and a half years uh, in my 30s. Um, kind of took a break from the whole bit fitness industry um, and actually was a blues artist for a while. Had the nickname Big Daddy G or stage name Big Daddy G, uh, which makes sense for a guy that's 6'5 and, you know, built like an offensive tackle, right? Um, wearing the the dark suit with the with the black hat, so Yo, yeah, I mean it's it's been really it's been really fun. I mean, I you know, and in the fitness industry, I've actually been hired on three different occasions um, that my band has been able to play during our open receptions, and that's been kind of a cool dynamic. And then, of course, I, I love telling this story. One year at one of our conventions, um, there was a big product rollout and all that. Well we wanted to do something kind of really fun for all the attendees. And I said, well, why don't we get out these little guitar picks? That's the only way you can get in to uh, this place that we're going to have this event at Buddy Guy Legends in downtown Chicago, the Mecca of blues, right? But the other thing we did is we gave away three autographed guitars by Buddy Guy himself. And I actually played one of them. And after I played it, we literally, you know, had a raffle for it right there live on spot. And man, I got to tell you something. It was really amazing bringing people together. But that part's been kind of fun because I've had the opportunity to play with people that have won Dove Awards, even people that have won Grammy Awards. I know it's really insane, but it's been kind of a cool journey that I can, you know, uh, my idol is, uh, we'll have a few, probably the two big ones would be Neil Shauna Journey that meets Eddie Van Halen. You know, and I just love, love the, the beauty of melodic lead playing and the shredding and the dive bombs and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, once in a while, uh, when we have a little break, like you saw during when we had the stay at home order. Yeah, I was throwing out some shred videos just for fun. Big Daddy G on the guitar. Listen to <laughs> John, oh, I'm going to get you back on this one, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I, I will be digging on you on this one, my friend. I, I know. I got to come. Man. That's, that's what happens when you have the mic. Sometimes everybody gets to get back. So I'll, I'll be waiting for it. Don't worry. <laughs> hey, well played. No pun intended. All right. Cool, cool. I actually <laughs> didn't want to end on that. But here's, here's, here's one last thing, and I'll let you go, is um, – what people don't know, I mean, you text, we were in the text group, a couple different text groups, because we have a lot of things that go on with Most Shape of Missouri Healthy Schools. Um, so I get texts from you. I'll probably get a text from you Saturday morning, Sunday morning, something like that, because you just keep rolling stuff out and keep doing great things. But let's talk about self-care and screen time. You know, I'm not sure if that's a part of what you do, but, you know, how do how do you do a digital detox. How does how does Guy Danhoff, the social media guru in our profession, do a digital detox? Okay, well, first and foremost, full transparency, it is very, very difficult to do. And the reason being is, is that because I do work with Missouri Healthy Schools, as you know, as well as MoShape, uh, we put out content daily. Now, I will tell you one thing that we've done recently to help that is we're using Hootsuite in our last Sagging 101 um, from probably three weeks or four weeks ago, whenever our last session was. We're using Hootsuite, so it's helping with that, so I don't have to do manual posting. But to be honest with you, I was doing manual posting ever since February. And, Sean, the reason why is because the news kept changing daily. And if you had something pre, and Joey and I talk about this all the time, 
there's nothing worse than if you plan something on a Monday and it goes out on a Wednesday, right? That you planned. Mm-hmm. And then something happens on Tuesday. You, you, you can look really foolish. So, you know, that's why I didn't up until recently. I just didn't. I did everything manually. Now we're automating some of it. And so that's one way that, we're, that I'm doing it. Um, I think the other way that I'm doing it is I'm more scheduling um, the times that I do it now, whereas before, you know, it was pretty much like 24 seven, or at least it felt that way. But, but now it's just, it's just, um, well, it's just being mindful of it, like you would say. And by the way, um, I'll give you guys, you know, me always breaking news. You're going to be seeing some information coming out through Missouri healthy schools to this topic. This is actually a big deal right now because we know that the consumption of social media right now is at an all time high. We know that we know the consumption rates. Uh, we know people's screen times. I mean, actually, like Apple devices, they'll tell you how much screen time you have. They'll even tell you, hey, by the way, th- this week you increased by 12%. So I, I think it has to come down to first and foremost being aware of it, right? Like anything else. Um, but for me, I, I have really taken some time. Um, and I've also, you know, talked to our leaders, both like Tom Lowry and 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 Laura Beckman, and just saying, hey, you know, we just can't keep blasting at this pace so that's helped me a lot and the other thing i would say that that's helped is like working with people like you or joey and we're looking at you know more innovative ways of of knowing when to push content out so that we're kind of chunking sometimes our content and then responding you know when we want so that that's made a big difference so that's a really good question i do think that it is something that is that that really is an issue right now especially the screen time especially for students that are definitely, you know, in the virtual learning environment, there's a lot of fatigue going on. And you're going to hear more and more about that, especially coming out of the Missouri Healthy School site. I mean, talking about within the next couple of weeks. And why? Because we're, again, we're looking at that data. Um, and there's some, con- there's definitely some concerns. So I appreciate the question. You know, I wish I could tell you that I, I, I exercised more as a result. But I will tell you, sometimes, honestly, the best thing is just to walk. Uh, or sometimes the best thing to do is, you know, read a book. One nice thing is I've been back to reading books, mm. you know, and I, I kind of got away from that. So that's also been a really good way of getting away. And, uh, and sometimes like right now, Sean, you ready for this? Let's uh, here it is. See this? See my screen? <laughs> yeah. It's turned off. Mm. You, I, I don't think you can even possibly know how hard that is for me. It's really hard because I always want to be like that. But the point is, this is what we have to do sometimes. In other words, we have to live in the moment and guess what? This can wait. And I'm just telling you, I know it sounds simple, but that is something that parents can do. It's something that certainly students can do. I, and I'll get, leave you with this last story. You know, I, I gotta give my daughter Gia so much credit. This was last year when she was uh, 14. Um, she was actually going through social media fatigue and she came to me and my wife and said, hey, um, you know, cause she's just feeling some, some blues with it. Right. And she decided to, for 30 days, 30 days go off. Um, her main one is uh, Snapchat and uh, Instagram. And she didn't do anything for 30 days. And I got to tell you something. Sometimes maybe that's what it takes for us. I'm not saying that the solutions for everyone. I'm just saying that for my daughter, it helped her. And I couldn't love on her anymore. Like, wow, that's a big deal because she's on it a ton. 
you know, she's selfie city. I mean, <laughs> she's constantly <laughs> connecting, you know, and, and yet it just goes to show that sometimes, you know, that that's what should be done. I know Jamie Sparks has talked about that before. Hey, let's take a day off or something. But yeah, we're going to be doing more and more again, based on the research of how we can really address that problem and provide practical solutions that yield results so that we don't get over fatigued. So that's a great question. That actually, give you this one, hashtag Zag question. It's really good, Sean. Hashtag Zag question, digital detox guy. Thank you for that. Be basically be, be mindful and then be intentional. Yep. On that note, big daddy G, Guy Danoff. Thank you for your time, Guy. We appreciate you. Thank you, Sean. Look, I appreciate you, but don't, hey, I will have the mic soon again, my friend. And, <laughs> and trust me, we're going to find some things out about Sean Nevels. But I really appreciate the podcast. And I also want to say shout out to Shape America for actually doing these episodes. I got a chance to see Anna Forcelito's uh, last week. And I got to tell you, it's been a lot of fun. And I just love your guests. And I just love, again, learning more and more about what's going around our country in the name of advocacy. And I just love it. So keep, keep up the great job. Because, Sean, this podcast is nothing short of hashtag Zag. Guy Danoff, thank you very much. Listeners, you all take care. Thank you, Guy Danoff, for joining us on this episode of the Shape America podcast. To our listeners, you can follow Guy Danoff on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Guy Danoff. That's Guy, G-U-Y, Danoff, D-A-N-H-O-F-F. And as always, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Take care. This podcast was made possible through the national collaboration to promote health, wellness, and academic success of school-aged children, a 1601 cooperative agreement with the Dissenters for Disease Control and Prevention.